And welcome to another episode of Who Gives a Hoot. I'm Ryan the Big, as Luke likes to call me. I am joined only by Camille. How are you, Camille? Hey, I'm great. How are you doing? Good, good. It was a busy Monday, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, it's stupid hot outside, so I'm over it. It is. <laughs> um, so the only news I wanted to discuss was um, you are a foot volley tournament champion. I am. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so, I guess, who did you guys beat in the final? Was it the team? Uh, yeah. <laughs> did that team also yeah. involve a center back that happens to live with you and is marrying you? It did. And it, and it wasn't, <laughs> I don't, he will, if you ask him, he will say that he let me win. But if you were there, you would know that's not true. Um, based on what the team posted on social media, there's no way anyone was letting y'all win because <laughs> was it your team that the the one uh, woman on your team had a bicycle over the uh, net? Oh yeah, Paula, she's amazing. She's from Brazil and she's she's hardcore. Yeah, that was insane. I was <laughs> I was watching that one on Instagram and I was like, oh okay, that just happened. <laughs> We're the real deal, that's for sure. Yeah, that was awesome. So congrats on that. Thank you. All right, we uh, we both decided we're going to keep this one um, pretty quick and easy because this could easily uh, devolve into a three-hour podcast talking about each individual yellow card that was handed mm-hmm. out. Um, so uh, we're going to talk about Tucson, uh, talk about a few things there, get out of here talking about Greenville, and hopefully keep it pretty pretty light for everybody. Um, so played Tucson Saturday in front of apparently a regular season record crowd of 4,004 fans. Amazing. Um, that was amazing. I, when I moved from the berm, so I saw, uh, the game winner from a different angle cause Luke and I had moved. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it felt more like the 4,000 fans than when I was sitting on the berm. So, um, it was a little surprising to me, the number, but I, I mean, I know with it being a baseball stadium and all the boxes and all that stuff, it's hard to always tell. Right. So, but awesome. Great job by the fans. Uh, Jay called it out in his video. I think, you know, everybody, Gary was tweeting about it. So everybody was pretty pumped about that. Yeah. Um, and when you, when you watch the replays, you can actually tell on all the goals scored or when Rashid was saving, making his amazing saves that I'm sure we'll talk about, you could hear the fans and that was so nice. I love that. Yeah, you know, honestly, I think watching on the replay, you're right. Because in, in the moment, because of how crazy this match was, I'm not sure I was actually paying attention to how the rest of the crowd was reacting. Mm-hmm. Um, because I was uh, I was way too invested in the, uh, the cluster that was happening on the field. So, yeah. Um, I call. I, I thanked Rich publicly on Twitter, so I'm going to thank him again because his amazing review article was up, um, mm-hmm. and he did all the hard work, which was counting all the cards that happened. Um, so, <laughs> 14 total cards. Um, as Rich pointed out in his preview, it's normally a pretty physical game with Tucson. We normally have quite a few fouls, quite a few cards, but this mm-hmm. seemed more physical to me. What did you think? Yeah, I, I I agree. I don't know if it what had something to do with a player on that team coming back to his old home field or <laughs> if it had something to do with the away game. I feel like there was a lot of factors, but it definitely 
was a very noticeably competitive and physical match. Yeah, you know, I I think Jake uh, definitely brought a little bit more intensity to it. We'll talk about what happened later in the match here in a little bit, but um, I also feel like you have a team in Tucson that has already lost to us. They're not having a great start to their season. Um, Jake Kroll is their leading scorer from what I've seen or been told. Incredible, um, by the way. Right. I mean, for a left back, essentially, to be to be your leading scorer. But that mm-hmm. also says a lot about what's happening down there, I think. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I think that they always knew it was going to be physical. And then they bring that extra intensity, knowing that they um, have a lot to fight for. I mean, I think mm-hmm. Donnie called it out on the broadcast a few times. This this was definitely two teams that needed three points. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, granted, we jumped from eighth to like fourth or whatever with our win. But, you know, it, it was huge for us knowing we have games in hand to be able to get another win at home to right. play that way. And so and I think Tucson, they just wanted it, too. And uh, mm-hmm. for I'll say always seemed up for uh for the physical game where we gave it back a little bit because sometimes yes. I feel like we kind of just take it so yeah and I think to an extent now looking back at replays the atmosphere was necessary for these guys to come back on a home game and just feel the welcoming arms of you know Omaha and yeah. that little welcome back I think it pushed us so it was it was refreshing it was great to see yeah and you almost wonder I mean it was a fair – compared to what our weather is going to be this week, uh, mm-hmm. we're recording on Monday, um, and it's like the, for weekday temps, this is like our nicest day mm-hmm. uh, for the week. You know, but Saturday was humid, but it was a relatively nice day, even though the humidity was there. And you just wonder how many fans – it's been a while since the team's mm-hmm. been the, uh, at the park. They decided to come out. It was a fairly nice night. Mm-hmm. Um Rain held off till after the match, thank God. Yep. <laughs> yeah, it was just – it was interesting. Um, I also feel like uh, one of the reasons Luke is not on is because Luke was afraid the entire podcast would just be him uh, doing a ref rant and that we'd get a double E on uh, the podcatchers. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, there was a few times um, I felt like the center lost control Mm-hmm. And then tried to use cards to regain control, but then right away did something again with a card that didn't make any sense and then lost control again. Um, and I, I think uh, from, I think what we all uh, found out on the berm was this was her first match as the center. Mm-hmm. Um, so she kind of got thrown to the wolves a little bit in a sense of this is two teams that normally play tough against each other. And then Mm -hmm. you have to try and control that emotional energy of that. Um, Right. And I didn't feel like her ARs were helping her a whole lot um, with backing her up on things, which was a little rough. You know, and when you, when you think about it from a refing standpoint, first of all, I'm sure before the game, they're prefacing everything, especially if it was the center refs first game as a center Mm -hmm. ref and they're saying, okay, well, these two in their last match together had a red card and it was a very physical match. So your goal in this game is to keep it under control. Now with less experience in that, what is keeping it under control? You know, you, you've never come into that 
part or that play of the field and the game. And then you think, well, then I'll throw out those cards and give them those warnings and then they'll back off. And it's like, yeah, sometimes that's not really how it works. And, mm-hmm. um, and so I'm wondering if that is as part of what happened there is they took in the previous game that we played with them under consideration. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely think that comes up and, um, you know, I, I think the other side that a few people pointed out to me was, you know, this is some of the, these were some of the first games after their union, uh, union was established and, um, mm-hmm. and was recognized and everything. And, the the hope would be they have a union. Now they can standardize training. They can standardize mm-hmm. pay, you know, and so we see less and less of this, but I, you know, I've watched higher level soccer where a, a ref loses control thinking if I card someone early and tell them, this is not what you're going to do instead of just warning them that um, I'm going to have control. And then all of a sudden you have to start handing out cards left and right because you carded someone way too early for something. Yeah. Um, and then to have 4,000 people mm-hmm. like yelling at you yeah, every <laughs> single time. Um, yeah. We were all joking on the parliament discord that uh, that one of her yellows was held up high enough. We were pretty sure she was because um, <laughs> she was, she was not here. Uh, she was getting a lot of, a lot of stick from our end. Mm-hmm. Um. Well, let's, uh, let's talk about Hugo's goal. So uh, Hugo finally gets back on the score sheet. Um, I really – I rewatched this uh, the play on this, and I really, really enjoyed the build-up to this goal. Um, mm-hmm. it, it all started in the back with Dalton. He got up the ball up quick. Um, I think he got it up to – was it Ryan or Isaac, one of the two, who got it up to Kamal almost immediately. Yes. Um, but it was just a really quick back to front. Um, and then Kamal just slots it over to Hugo, who uh, I, because of our vantage point in the berm, I wasn't sure if the ball actually went in because Hugo didn't actually react immediately. <laughs> and then once, once he reacted, I think a lot of us were like, oh, that was a goal. Okay. Um, but yeah, what did you think of that build up play? I think it was great. I think it was a good representation of what I was impressed by the whole game was the – connecting passes we had I I think the excitement that the players brought to the field showed based on their quick passes throughout the entire game and that play was an example of it that we clearly were able to put away Uh, starting from the defense all the way to hitting Hugo is is just good soccer it goes straight Mm -hmm. through the midfield and that's what we've been wanting to do and that's what that's how Union Omaha plays. So it was it was great. It was awesome. Well, you know, I think the other thing that uh, I loved about that was we um, early in the season we were doing a lot of let's get to the ball the ball of the wings and cross them in, mm-hmm. knowing that we had five foot ten, five foot eleven guys in the middle mm-hmm. that they were trying to cross to, and I like that we played up from the back and kept it on kept it on the carpet. Moved the ball all the way up. Even the even the assist was uh, on the ground, you know, yes. through the box. And I think when you have when you have guys that are not super tall and aren't getting up for headers, keeping the ball down and playing that type of soccer is always going to be a benefit. Um, I also think having a young team like this, getting a goal that early, 
um, yep. in the match is is nothing but a confidence boost. And I think if that as physical as that match was, if that would have drug on zero zero for a while, I think mm-hmm. our guys would have started to feel it a little bit more. Just having that, you know, having younger guys out there like that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, I agree. Yeah, it was it was great. I'm so glad that we were able to get an early goal. I know we've been a second half team, so I'm sure it was an added boost of confidence at that. Yeah, I was trying to check. Um, oh, I'm trying to remember. I know our possession was like 37%, which is very on brand for our team. Mm-hmm. Um, but I felt like our passing percentage was higher than normal. Okay. Uh, I'm trying to remember. So I know, I know sometimes some of the stat, like as we've talked about many times, uh, possession can be a trash stat like mm-hmm. it's not always going to be a thing that uh that tells you who's winning or losing games i i think that we have a team that prefers not possessing the ball a lot because of what happened on that you know exact situation right um but passing accuracy is one that a lot of times can tell the difference between what had happened what hadn't happened definitely um, Let's see. I'm up on FOTMOB, which is also not always the best, but it is what we have. So, I mean, this again, this is our style, right? Having less possession of the ball. Um, we had about 70% accuracy of passes. We completed 220. Tucson completed 444. <laughs> wow. So they, yeah, they uh, more than doubled the number of of completed pass, and that was for eighty five percent. But still, I mean, you know, we had a few games early on where our passing percentage was in the fifties mm-hmm. um, as a team, and so I, you know, I think that that as you that team builds and we play that style of soccer, you're going to see that passing percentage continue to be up there in the in the seventy percent that area. Yeah. Um, which isn't awful for our team. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was – That's uh, I did not – I just looked at that and was like, wow, that's more than double the passes. That's insane. <laughs> you um, know, but that that goes to show how, how well our defense has been doing and Rashid's saves have just been absolutely incredible and how that game we were able to put away our chances when we had absolutely. them. Absolutely. Well, and, you know, I think – it, you and I, you and I both. I mean, you played, and I just enjoy like watching the sport to figure out what different coaches do. Mm-hmm. And there's guys like like Pep, uh, even like Jurgen Klopp, uh, Eric Ten Hag coming from Ajax to Manchester United now. Like these are guys that when they talk about passing the ball, it's not just passing for passing sake. It's passing to move the ball along to create chances to get the so. It doesn't matter if it takes two passes to get there to create a chance or it takes 10, Mm -hmm. as long as it's positive soccer. Um, And, you know, 444 passes completed is, is great. I mean, it's especially 85%, uh, Mm -hmm. but they had, you know, that, that resulted in one goal um, off of 16 total shots Mm -hmm. They only had three big chances. 
they only counted us having one big chance, so I don't know if that's most likely Hugo's because we'll talk yeah. about Alex's goal here in a little bit. Um, so, but you know, it's, it was a crazy game. I mean, fourteen cards, twenty-two fouls. It's just it's going to be one of those types of situations. Yep. Um. So, speaking of cards, um, about the what thirtieth-ish minute, somewhere in there, uh. JP gets a uh, a second yellow. Yeah. Um, for uh, for what I viewed, you might and again you played, so you might be able to correct me. I viewed that as a fifty fifty ball. Um, mm-hmm. I felt like both guys equally went up for the ball. I didn't feel like JP threw his leg into the other guy, or I mean, it just it felt like they're both going for the ball in a similar way, and JP kind of caught the other guy a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um. To me, this is where a ref knowing a guy's on a yellow, you walk up and go, hey, that was really close. Don't do that again, or it will be another yellow. And then you walk away. Um, and I think this is where I started to think she's she lost both teams. Yeah. Uh, because our guys couldn't trust her anymore because it was a really soft second yellow. Mm-hmm. And – um, I was really worried that some of our guys were going to talk themselves into a yellow card and yep. move on. So I, well, I you usually sit in a different area. What was your view of the second yellow and what happened there? During the game, it from where I was, it looked a lot worse than when I watched the replay. Um, you know, anytime somebody's on a yellow, I hate to say it, but you always are playing more hesitant, and I. I didn't feel like – I feel like JP was on fire that game and he was not going to bring on the hesitance. Uh, and so I kind of felt one was coming because it, it's true. You're right. The center ref was sort of starting to stress and unravel because of the physicality of the entire game. But looking back at the replay, it, I agree. It looked like a 50-50. And, yes, at on the end, you do get a little clip onto the defender, but – when a ball is being cleared and you're running in to shoot, ultimately you have the right away. And it, it could have gone the other way where maybe the defender hit JP on the top of the foot instead of underneath his foot. And it could have been a whole other situation, you know? Sure. So it was pretty unfortunate. Yeah. You know, I, I gave JP, I think you were standing there. I gave JP a hard time after the match. He was already showered in street clothes and, um, but you know, I mean, he knows, you know, mm-hmm. I, I'm sure it doesn't hurt that it's an Arizona team that we're playing against. I'm sure he has a little extra, uh, a little extra for playing a team from around his home area and stuff. Right. But yeah, it just, I mean, I, the one thing I think we always have appreciated about JP since his time starting with this club is the guy always is giving a hundred percent, um, and yeah, sometimes you got to learn how to dial that back a little bit, but I can't fault a guy for doing the uh, the best he can in that situation. Yep. It just, I think it was unfortunate because not only did we get an early goal, so we have the lead, which is nice when you're down a, uh, you know, down a man, mm-hmm. but now we're going two thirds of the match with down a man. Well, it would have been except for when they got theirs, but you know, at the moment yeah. you're like, oh my gosh, we got a whole six- game. Yeah, we got 60 minutes to, to survive. Um, mm-hmm. and, and my first thought on the berm was get to halftime. Don't mm-hmm. give anything up. Get to halftime up one. You can reset. Um, 
And, you know, I, I think there's not – we give Jay a lot of uh, a lot of crap about his substitution patterns. Mm-hmm. I think this was a game where he got a lot of them right. Um, oh, absolutely. I agree. Yeah. I mean, you know, Kamal uh, kind of took a knock uh, right towards the end of the first half. Um, we had Alex on a card. I was a little worried with mm-hmm. Alex on the card. I thought maybe we would see uh, see Gabe come in. But then when Kamal kind of got up, it took him a while to get going again. Um, mm-hmm. So, and I mean, credit to him. He brought Alex on at halftime, um, mm-hmm. you know, when we started. And we'll talk about the goal and what happened with it. But, you know, he ends up getting the game winner. So any, any coach or manager looks like a genius when you bring on a sub and they get the game winner, right? Right. Um, so, you know, but I think, I think Jay got quite a bit right in this, in this match that way. Um, holding on. So let's see. I was trying to look at timing of things. So, uh, but apparently the, the other guy getting sent off happened before their equalizer, but, um, about the 60th minute, uh, Franco Perez, Bob has it listed as a second yellow, but I think I don't. You know, I, I think of the replay. We both agreed it looked like she went straight for the red. Yeah. Um, if that was, I mean, we talked about it before we jumped on, but if that was a straight red, that is probably the softest straight red for simulation that I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Um, I I have seen Neymar literally roll across the eighteen and not get a card at all. Yeah, and that guy, that guy, you know, kind of crushed, touched Dalton, and then went down, and then she gives him a red. So, um, yeah, yeah, I would be interested to know if it was a soft red or just a straight red because of that. Looking at the replay, oh my gosh! I mean, we had mentioned it before. That card could have gone either way, mm-hmm. based on how that game was going and the the calls of the center ref so it was a little bit terrifying in the moment i don't know if were you on the berm when that happened what were you, what were your thoughts well so i was but you know what's funny is since we're behind and what, mm-hmm. how dalton ended up dalton's back was to us the way he was sitting uh, and so it it looked way worse from the tucson players like action Looked mm-hmm. way where uh, it almost looked like he stopped Dalton the way he came down, ah. and it wasn't because uh, that's what he did. It was because the angle that we were sitting at. So when I watched it later, we had the sideline view, mm-hmm. um, and I saw what actually happened. It didn't look as bad. That's why, in hindsight, I was like, "Wow." I mean, I already thought it was kind of a soft yellow. It felt mm-hmm. like a makeup call. This also happened after the melee that happened in the. <laughs> in the middle with uh with connor getting knocked down which i want to talk oh about us um so yeah i mean this it almost felt like some kind of a makeup call um mm-hmm. yeah i mean i kind of we i skipped over that like in the in the uh, timeline of the game but yeah i mean damn near had a brawl happen right mm-hmm. outside of our box uh from what i saw um, and unfortunately, the camera um, for the game did not catch what happened to Connor. So there's no video evidence to back it up. Um, but from what I saw, Connor got caught in a, in a, you know, it was a late tackle. But as trying to get up, the other guy knocked him back down. 
Um, and then Dalton, who uh, – all right, this, this one's going to get us an E because I'm going to say what I said to Dalton when he walked by the burb <laughs> after the game. But I said – I told him, don't ever fucking do that again. But <laughs> Dalton comes flying out of nowhere and takes – I mean, chest bumps the guy – not really, but it felt like like halfway across the field. I mean, two hands shoved. I mean, yeah. I mean, he just takes the guy out. Of course, I'm up there going, "Oh my god, Dalton's gonna get a red." This is gonna yep. like it's, you know, J, uh, Jr. had said earlier in the first half that uh, before JP got his second yellow, he's like, "We're gonna end ten v nine in this game." And when that started happening, I was like, "Oh, Jr. is gonna be right because yes. Dalton's gonna get a red here." But then I was like, "If Dalton gets a red, the guy that took Connor out needs to get a red." And right. she she did – I'm I'm 50-50 on how the ref reacted because she had turned to follow the ball, which is appropriate, and, mm-hmm. um, because you got to rely on your ARs to be watching what's happening behind the ball a little bit. Sure. Uh, but also, once she realized something was happening, she kind of just stood back and let all of our – all these guys, like, get in each other's faces and shove each other around. Yeah, and, it could have gotten really ugly if everybody didn't step in. I really think it could have been worse. <laughs> oh, for sure. Um, uh, so here's the thing. It's Connor. Uh, I told mm-hmm. Peter this after the match. To me, that says so much about who Connor is as a player and as a leader mm-hmm. that not only Dalton came in to, to protect him and get in the guy's face because of what happened, Dalton had a front row view of the second knockdown. Mm-hmm. Um, but every, I mean, Shido comes out of the box and gets in the, I mean, everybody came to Connor's defense as he's still on the ground trying to figure out what the hell just happened to him. Right. Um, and I, I just think that says a lot about Connor and why he's the captain. Definitely. I think it also shows, we've talked about this many times on the pod, but it goes to show when you have a good leader, the players are going to have your back no matter what. Mm -hmm. And it's just the perfect example on this team, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Peter even said, he goes, well, maybe this is the spark for these guys. You know, now they, they all know they're in this together on the field like that. And, you know, they, they've probably felt it, but this is like the one time where it comes a big deal when you go to each other's defense like that. Um, Definitely. She handed out I don't I stopped counting how many cards she started handing out from this. Um I think it was three. I, yeah, I know he, so both Dalton and the guy that fell Connor got one, and then I think Shido got one for coming out of the box, right? Yeah, because again, there was a player that was shoved by Shido I to avoid the brawl. But you know, right. it's part of it. You have you have to give cards where cards are due, but Guys, for that was right in front of her too. It was right in front of her. Yeah, yeah. That that one, I thought I felt like out of all the cards, I mean, all of them seemed necessary, but out of all the guys that got themselves involved, when Shido puts hands on another player in front of the ref, Mm -hmm. yeah, you kind of she had no choice. She's got to give him that. The funny part was then he started time wasting some, and I was like, it will be exactly what happens in this game that Shido gets a second yellow and sent off for freaking time wasting. So, yeah, I, I was actually eyeballing the center ref. Had a lot of talks with Shido in that game, and that doesn't normally happen. And mm-hmm. there was one time Kamal, when the first half was down, and center ref was just talking with Rashid, and he was clearly upset. 
And I'm mm -hmm. like, okay, like we need to just walk away from him because we don't need him to get a, a yellow from, you know, yep. saying the thing that we all wanted to say, but <laughs> it's a little bit scary. Yeah. I mean, I even thought that with Alex some in the first half too, because um, mm -hmm. he got that yellow and then it took her forever because she had to walk all the way down the field to give it to him since he decided to run back because he knew he was getting one. Yeah. Um but after she gave it to him, he's a few other times after that, he was talking to her a lot. And I just kept saying like, Alex, go, go back. Yeah. <laughs> go, go back to the line. Like you, stop. Because I, I just, it felt like a game that you would talk yourself into a yellow. Mm -hmm. um, and you don't want the second yellow to be one because you talked yourself into it. Oh, of course. Um, you have, that's, those are the moments where you have to be smart and just back yeah. up, close your mouth, even though you really want to speak your mind and, yeah. Exactly. Um, all right. So we got to talk about it. So I have to preface this with uh, some of how I wanted to react to this goal because his family had walked over to the berm um, and <laughs> we're watching some of the game from the berm and they were relatively close to all of us. So uh, former uh, Omaha player Jake Kroll is – is the leading scorer for this team, as I mentioned earlier. And um, he is the one that after we're de both teams are down to 10 guys, uh, Jake gets a uh, an equalizer off of a header. Okay, that's mm -hmm. fine. Mm -hmm. I, the celebration thing, I think, got a lot of fans' feathers ruffled, uh, pun fully intended mm -hmm. since we're a bird team. Um, you know – he did a knee slide. He did a knee slide toward his own bench. So it wasn't at our bench. It wasn't at any of our players. Um, but I think a lot of fans took exception to a guy that won a championship with us. Mm -hmm. um, essentially told the team he didn't want to stay, even though I think that they probably would have been happy to keep him as defensive cover. I don't blame the guy for getting married and wanting to move somewhere nice and also get a lot of playing time. Um but it, it was just an interesting, like, it wasn't like he, and I guess, from a fan perspective that doesn't interact with the team on a regular basis outside of doing this, it didn't feel like he left the team on a bad note for him to celebrate so hard that he had to do a full-on knee slide into his own bench and lose his mind. Yeah, I mean, it can go both ways. It can go like that or um... – you know, internal excitement ending up, you have to think about also, yes, the success from the previous year, but the improvement personally that he's made on a team, you know, mm -hmm. maybe that's, that's something personally that's very exciting. I really don't yeah. know, honestly. Well, he seems to have become somewhat of a leader for that team mm -hmm. as well. And so, you know, I mean, when a guy like that scores that goal, it's against his former team. I mean, I don't know. I In the moment, I was kind of like – in the moment, I was like, yeah, I don't – I mean, I celebrate your goal, but it seemed a little excessive. But also, mm -hmm. the other reason I felt like it was excessive is because it was the 68th minute and we were back to even sides. Yeah. It's not like they scored a man up and they still were a man up. Sure. Um, it took it took both teams getting red cards for him to get that. Yeah. And there was so much time left that – it's kind of like get back to business because you guys could mm – -hmm. they had all the momentum at that point. I mean, he scored that yeah. goal. We we were looking a little flat, and I, I thought mm -hmm. that it was uh, – you know, it could have been prime time for them to get two quick ones. Um, mm -hmm. Luckily, that didn't happen. 
Um, I saw him after the game. He had come up where uh, our boys usually do. Um, he was up on the other side uh, talking with his family, and I saw him. I was carrying something out, and I was just like, hey, good game, Jake. You know, nice goal. I, you know, I'm not going to. I'm not going to rag on the guy. He He's he's doing his thing. He he got the playing time I think he wanted and you know, it's it's working out for him personally, which is good. Mhm. Yep. Um let's see. All right. Fun begins. Um Jay made a bunch of other subs relatively late. I mean not late late, but um Brought Dion on. Uh, I thought Dion coming on. Dion looked very threatening while he was on. Um, mm-hmm. Brought that. I think he brought that energy and um, the fresh legs that we needed while their guys were so tired. Definitely. Um, so I, I I thought that was that was a, a really good sub. Um, I thought Yoscar coming on. Yoscar looked. Fi- you know he looked good. Um, uh, Amir made sense. You have so many yellow cards out there. You got to get guys off just so you don't lose another guy. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think about it. Shivani, did he come on too? Yes. Yeah. Um, so that was good. I mean, it was good to see, you know, especially I. you have to wonder if Jay's thought process there was get him some minutes before Greenville because – Without the big thing is JP getting that re, that red card. He's likely out for the Greenville match this coming weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you know, getting Shivani out there to be able to get some minutes, uh, run around a little bit, and actual game time had to have been a big bonus for Jay mm-hmm. um, doing that. And then obviously Alex was the other sub that came on uh, at the halftime sub, so, um, yeah. which as I mentioned earlier worked out for Jay quite well. Mm-hmm. Um, so Alex Bruce gets the game winner in the 91st minute, his first club goal for us, which was awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, I mentioned on Twitter and, uh, both Alex and Greg liked this. So apparently the mutual respect is there, but I said it was a very Greg Hurst esque goal. Um, mm-hmm. also because I'm a little petty, um, it was really nice of Jake to not only score a goal against us, but also assist the game-winning goal. Um, <laughs> he, uh, I was waiting for that. May, I mean, I watched it on the re- – you know, I, I, I had moved for the game-winner uh, with Luke. We were standing on top of 105. Um, Luke had started walking – or had already gone back to the berm, and I was still standing there. And so the angle I was at, I couldn't tell it was Jake, but all I saw was it was an errant back pass. Mm-hmm. And I saw Alex. I think I, I gave him a hard time early in the season, so I'm going to be the person that's like, hey, this is my bet. He didn't look like a fast player initially, and maybe that was him still thinking about the system. Mm-hmm. But he turned the afterburners on to get to that ball. He, oh, yeah. Uh, he got to that ball quick, rounded the keeper. Nice shot. Um, it, re- it did remind me so many of, goal- of Greg's goals last year where he would pick off a bad back pass round the keeper and score. I mean, he had a handful of them that way. Um, mm-hmm. it, it was nice. It was nice for Alex. I think it gets that off of his back a little bit. Um, obviously, fans are going to love you if you score a game winner. So that helped a lot too. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like also I wanted to mention this as well. And obviously, Alex Bruce is part of this. But 
the subs that we brought on in the second half really did amp up the pressure and the pace of the game. Um, part of what I love that subs responsibilities are is to continue and bring that energy that is lacking from tired players. And yeah. I really do think all of the subs showed up that night. They were hard pressing. They were pumped up. It go goes back to having each other's backs, not, you know, maybe somebody's upset about not starting, but they were in it and they were high pressure. And that goal just showed how well the, the bench players came on and really mm -hmm. showed Tucson. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with that. I think, you know, the other thing, you know, just piggybacking off of that, all of our subs except for Alex were after that whole situation we were talking about that kind yeah. of little – and so you know that those guys are on the sidelines just wanting, you know, oh, I wish I was in there for that, you know. It's mm -hmm. just one of those things that kind of gets you going. And so when they got their chance to get on, you're absolutely right. It just it shows how much they were ready to just – go in there and show like, Hey, I'm here for you guys too. Um, yep. yeah. D, you know, Dion, Dion's press looked really good. You know, Noe, unfortunately, I think what happened with him was because of the red card, Jay had to adjust a little bit and Kamal got pushed up top and mm -hmm. Noe got dropped in the midfield. And while Noe can play there, I think Noe's better position is playing up top. Um, sure. And so I think he got lost in the midfield a little bit and it was, it was 100% a circumstance thing. It had nothing to do with his ability or inability to play the game. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, so game winner. Um, did stoppage time a little bit. We were supposed to have six minutes, but uh, when you score a goal right away in uh, extra time like that or stoppage time, they normally, uh, <laughs> they normally have to add a little bit on. So we ended up going seven um, mm -hmm. for seven minutes. But I – once we got that goal, it almost looked like it took the wind out of Tucson's sails. Um, yeah, we were first to a lot of the balls. The guys were the guys were flying. Um, after the match, seeing Jay's video today did not surprise me because after the match, uh, he was so pumped up. Mm -hmm. um, he he was. I mean, he was talking to everybody and and just throwing his fists in the air. He was so excited. Um, the guys, you could just see the relief on their faces with it. Um, yeah, people were throwing phones down to Alex to do selfies with him from the berm. It was it was hilarious. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it was good, you know. And uh, um, Luke gave him a little bit of crap because of his uh, former beef with Riley. So mm -hmm. that was, you know, all in all, a good a good outing. Um. So yeah, so two to one over Tucson table wise. Um. That up the table um again read, you can read rich's article at wghmedia.com but um you know that the middle of the table you know we are in fourth place at 21 points and the 10th place team which is north carolina has 18 <laughs> so just about anything can happen at this point um we, for the most part, against uh, all, we have two games in hand on uh, four of the teams, three games in hand on the mo the others, and then um, four games in hand on Greenville, who we play on Saturday. So mm -hmm. we we have a lot of time to make up make up ground now. Um, 
to, to make a move up the table even more uh, than we have, especially knowing that we don't have to worry about Open Cup and stuff like that. Right. Um, so it is Belt Week. Mm-hmm. Going to Greenville. Um, Greenville is currently in first place. Again, they've played 17 games. We've only played 13. Um, so while they have 10 points on us, in Greenville, not only would be fantastic from a supporter's point of view, um, but also does a lot of does a lot to help us gain ground on Greenville, um, knowing that they've played four more than us. Absolutely. Um, so, series in general, if you take out the final, this series in general has been one that the the away team is tends to be the one to take points away from the home team. Mm-hmm. Um, either uh, last year the nationalized game, uh, national TV game against Greenville was a draw, so we obviously took a point away there. Um, they've beat us a couple times at home over the course of our series against them. We've beaten them in Greenville. Um, our only home win against them was the final, um, which was great for us. Amazing, but, yeah, yeah it was an amazing win and uh, one of the most comfortable finals I think we'll ever see in the sport. Yeah. Um, but you know, that, that 10 points can really evaporate quickly that they have on us, um, as we start playing these games in hand as well. So what are you thinking? How are you feeling about going to Greensville this weekend? Uh, especially coming off such an emotional match, um, this past weekend. I think the, the feelings are going to be high and I think they're going to be excited and hopefully they bring that passion that we saw on Saturday to Greenville. I am obviously a little bit nervous to see what happens as far as the lineup, but if we see as much camaraderie throughout the team as we did on Saturday with the change of lineup, I don't think we'll have a problem there. And honestly, Mm -hmm. it might catch Greenville off guard. So it'll be interesting. You know, going back to our subs, the bringing when when we needed somebody in there in the midfield um, to kind of play towards that that second half of the second half, mm-hmm. um, bringing Giovanni on versus bringing Amir on, I think was somewhat telling, mm-hmm. um, just in the sense of it seemed like up until that point Jay's go to in that situation was put Amir on. I can trust him to go in that position. Um, I know what he can give me. And he made that switch of Amir came on even later and was more of a defensive sub to solidify the back line mm-hmm. versus being that person to kind of be the JP role. So I'm wondering if if he doesn't try that in the first half against Greenville, at least to roll out Giovanni, because, you know, I mean, our games against them, out, again, outside of the final, are usually pretty close. Yeah. Um, you know, neither – we take that final out of it, and I don't think either team really scores a ton of goals against the other one. Um, yep. That's just based off memory more than anything. Um, and so it, it would I don't think it would be a bad a bad way to handle it. Um, I, I'm hoping Kamal's okay. Um, yeah, me too. You know, I, I couldn't tell the way he was acting. I couldn't tell if it was a head or if it was something else. Um, he was obviously able to continue for the rest of the half, which was good. Um, it sounds like Eddie, uh, Eddie's got a foot thing going on, so probably won't see him. Um, 
obviously JP's out. So that's a couple guys there. Yeah. Um, you know, I, yeah, I mean, I, looking at it, Hugo getting a goal, I think Jay rolls him back out because Jay likes to kind of go with a quote-unquote hot hand. Definitely. Um, I like – I almost like Alex as that sub like he was where he can almost be kind of a super sub. Um, he brought some good energy, I really yeah. think. Well, and you've talked about it before, how guys need more than, you know, 10 minutes to – play so they can get their feel of the game you know it takes five or so minutes to really get a feel for the game yeah I think the time he was subbed in was very influential absolutely I mean coming on right after halftime scoring 46 minutes later (laughs) you Mm -hmm. know I mean you know he he had a chance to kind of get a feel for how things were going out there especially in a physical match and yeah you know but and maybe he starts him. I mean, it, I wouldn't be shocked to see Alex start after getting a game winner. Both both mm-hmm. him and Hugo look good. I, I like the Noe-Alex matchup or a Hugo-Alex because you got a guy that's more of a traditional nine, and then you have a guy that's more of the speedster pressing type guy yeah. that, um, that can help. Um, I mean, I think Joe Brito's become the – I forget to say his name because he's just – I think he's going to be out there unless – He's being drug away. Yeah, um, definitely. Obviously, Connor. I think back line wise, I would like to see Gabe out there, but I, I mean, Alex Touche looked fine too. I mean, mm-hmm. they're kind of interchangeable at this point. So yeah, um, yeah. I have a feeling we're going to see a very similar lineup as to what we saw um, uh, saw uh, against Tucson. Uh, the other rumor, um, we don't have anything concrete. The other rumor I heard on Saturday was potentially uh, having a signing or a few signings that could be coming here soon. Um, obviously, the team hasn't announced anything. We don't know anything concrete. But um, I wouldn't be shocked to see an offensive signing just because we've, at this point, only scored 16 goals. Yeah. Um, now, we've only given up 12, which is the least amount – of goals scored against now we've we've played only 13 games so that might factor somewhat into it um but richmond and greenville who are number one and two and have played 16 and 17 games re- respectively are the next closest and they have given up 18 and 19 richmond's 18 greenville's given up 19 mm-hmm. um which greenville not surprising mm-hmm. giving up a basically a goal a game they're a pretty t- tough defense that's what we're at too 12 goals in 13 games. Um, but we are also, uh, besides Tucson, Tucson is the only team that scored less goals than us. And they've played two less, two more games than we have. Um, mm. So they've scored 14. We've only scored 16. So I feel like some offensive uh, help would be nice. As you and I have talked about many times uh, at games and on here, having some defensive cover would be nice too. Definitely. Um, there's a guy that used to play for us that's playing really well in West Virginia and USL two right now. If they can figure out what's going on with him and his legal stuff, bringing him on wouldn't be a bad thing. Um, especially considering he knows what to expect with our defense, so you can almost slot him in pretty quickly mm-hmm. versus mm-hmm. getting somebody up to speed. So, so how are you feeling about Greenville? What do you think? Do you want to make any predictions? Um, I think it's going to be a very close game. I, I'm always loving a shutout. So I'd like to see one zero. I think 
I think it'd be nice to see us get an early goal. And I don't like when we sit in, but, you know, be able to show off our defense a little bit and, and hold off a goal from Greenville. 2-0 would also be nice. So I'd take that too. Yeah, um, I'm thinking our away record is, fills me with a lot more confidence um, throughout the season. So I feel like we're not going to get intimidated by going to going to South Carolina and playing mm-hmm. them. Um, I I think, you know, having lost to them 2-0 at home, I would obviously love to just repeat that and also beat them 2-0. Um, but – yeah. I just I, – I, I think one one nil sounds good. Uh, Greenville plays tough, tough defense. Yeah. Um, we obviously do as well. It's usually a pretty defensive battle. Um, I think we can sneak a goal um, and, and, and come out of there with three points and the boys can bring the belt back. Uh, actually, I think we have some fans going out there, so – including Great. Luke. So, they can just bring the belt back. The belt with the largest carbon footprint in uh, mm-hmm. in U.S. So, um <laughs> So, yeah, obviously, uh, as fans, we want to pick wins. But I think I think the boys will be playing uh, feeling pretty good after that. Um, Definitely. Just for reference real quick before we get out of here, I was going to see. I don't remember. Come on. So, Greenville has four losses in their 17 games. Um, and they're – Let's see what was their last record. So uh, their last match was a 3-1 win against uh, Richmond. And then the match before that was the crazy 5-5 draw with Tormenta. Or, yeah, with oh, Tormenta. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. Where they were up 4-0 to nil and then uh, ended up – it was 4-1, I think, at early second half or at halftime maybe. And then they ended up giving up. Uh, getting one early and then giving up four in a row, including so crazy, yeah, including to a former owl. So, <laughs> yep. Um, who I think got the uh, close to Toby's the one that made it five four. So, mm-hmm. good on Toby. Yeah. So yeah. it was, it was four to two at halftime. Still went up five to two in the, uh, or no, five to two at halftime. And then they gave up three second half goals. Mm-hmm. <laughs> tie five five. So yeah. Um obviously they can uh give up goals if needed and we can go grab one. So awesome. Great. Well I know uh you have some stuff to do, so let's get you out of here. We just have one last question. You ready? Yep. We'll see how this does on anchor. We're not on video, audio only podcast, so we'll see. <laughs> uh, all right. Who gives a hoot? We do.